Hi, I'm Ari. I'm Nick. And Gesundheit. Hey. Hey. All right. Welcome back to episode 15 of the podcast Postpone. And today we're going to talk about a few Oscar-nominated movies, and specifically the Oscars. But before we do that, I assume we have news. So yeah. let's just get into it like usual. Let's just say my names are getting, like, more and more... Well, not funny, but also, like, <laughs> you really would not get them unless you see these movies that we talk about. Yeah, which hopefully yeah. you have seen, seeing as that's what the point of this podcast Ho- is. Hopefully, but... yeah. Even if you have seen it, you might not even remember that. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that given the nature of this podcast, people don't understand that you're making a reference each time, mm-hmm. and they just get confused, uh-huh. because we never, we never like, put down the details yeah. You know, unless you watched uh, previously the U- the YouTube channel. Yeah. I assume they're just going to think you're just trying to be weird each time. Mm-hmm. Which That's is true. Half half true. Might but be a little true. Also, each one is a reference. Yeah. I introduced someone to the podcast recently, and they're like, wait, so there's Ari, there's Wes, there's Paul? Who's the other guy? I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah. Are you serious that they said, is it Ari West and Paul, not Ari Nick and Paul? Or, sorry, yeah, Ari Nick and Paul. <laughs> okay, that made the joke, oh, like, oh, ten oh, times better. That, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was like, you introduced someone like to this podcast. Like, a thousand times more sad. And <laughs> you introduced <laughs> someone to this podcast, and they didn't know that it was you. Okay, that's... No, that's not what it was. Well, technically speaking, it's a person that doesn't know me, that I introduced it to, so... Okay, but they don't know me. I don't that's know how I figured out my name. Yeah, um... Let's let's get into it. We have just a little bit of news before we get on to what we're going to talk about. Um, guys, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, that Harley Quinn movie came out. I would tell you the name of it, but I actually don't know the name of it. Because it's Birds it of has... Prey. Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. No, it's and actually the called... fantabulous emancipation yes, of, one of one Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Uh, I have actually been sent this news article for us to talk about. Oh, I thought you were going to say you've been sent this movie. Like, they just, like, gave you the film. They're like, yeah, we don't want this. I was vaguely aware of this because I've seen it in person at the theater. This movie is being um, advertised as Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. So it's being called, like, the Harley Quinn movie. Okay. Um, Because it is. I assume most of the marketing was like that, even on, like, YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Uh, It hasn't worked because this movie made zero money at the box office. Uh, Did it make negative monies? Lots of negative monies? Did it make less than Metropolis? It has so far just barely grossed its budget, not including advertising, so it's about halfway to where it needs to be to break even. Um, but um, it only made $38 million in the U.S., which is theoretically the primary market. So mm-hmm. more than half of its current gross has come from overseas. So I guess, you know, in China they really like DC movies, maybe? Who knows? Um yeah. I never anticipated this sh- this movie being good, but yeah, you know, I was always hoping. I'm always hoping with movies. I mean, it's been getting like fairly positive reviews, I believe. Last time I checked, it had an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Or maybe I'm crazy. It's better than most DC movies. It has a 60 on Metascore, which is higher than uh, at least one of the movies we're talking about today. Uh, really? It's what? Yeah. Better. It has a higher Metascore than Jojo Rabbit. Really? Yeah, it does. And uh, and I think a higher Rotten Tomatoes, but that they might actually be tied. Somehow this movie might be fine. I'm not going to see it in theaters. Yeah. 
it's just, I just don't think it was advertised super well, because, granted, if, I'm not a comic book person, so Ari and I, we can comment on this. If I saw a movie labeled Birds of Prey, I'd be like, what? I've never heard of this in my life. Even if there's Harley Quinn on yeah. the poster, I'd be like, okay, so it's like Suicide Squad again? Well, it's, it's like, it's... It's like Morbius, like when that trailer came out, like Ari didn't even know that was a Spider-Man thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's safe to say Morbius probably will fail in a similar way, where it's like doing fine as a movie, but it's not superhero money. Yeah, well, because like Venom, like people know Venom at least. Like he's yeah. probably like one of Spider-Man's most famous enemies. Along even with, like, like Carnage Hawk. is more known than, yeah. you know? This weird vampire man. Yeah, where's Wheel Man when you need him? Big Wheel? Big Wheel, yeah. No, but they are focusing on the Harley Quinn aspect of the marketing. Yes. So it's kind of like the opposite. Right. But it's like the only, I feel like for most people, the only thing that they know about Harley Quinn is that she was from like a mediocre superhero movie that... Mediocre to bad. That people think she was the best part of, though. Exactly. A lot of people liked her in that movie, but... Yeah. Um... Yeah, the flaws of that movie go far beyond her. I'm, I'm not going to go out and say like her performance was like... In, an insane caliber. No, but, but it, was, it was best picture contender, wasn't it, Ari? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it advertised as, like, I almost said advertised as Margot Robbie. Um, advertised as Harley Quinn, just because I think that's more likely to attract people to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're partially blaming the poor opening on the the coronavirus thing, because China is a big market, and they're not going to the movies right now for obvious reasons. Um, okay, but that doesn't affect the American market. That doesn't at all. So, I don't know. I'm sure it's okay to it may be good. I don't really want to. The biggest thing I'm getting from this is that this movie, which I would have anticipated being not very good, might be pretty dang good. I mean, given those scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, did did Shazam make a lot of money? Because what that was the last DC movie. Right? I mean, like, not counting Joker. Yeah, it didn't make as much as some of the other ones, but it did. It did critically well. They're not able to generate, like, a lot of hype for these, even though, like, critics think that it's kind of on an upward trajectory. Yeah, because no one gives a shit, because Endgame <laughs> exists, you know? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Like, why would you care about DC in a Marvel universe unless you're... The, I guarantee the majority of people that are DC fanboys are, like, comic book holdovers. I don't think there's very many people who say DC movies are better because... Uh, I've seen independently the Marvel ones and the DC ones, and I've decided DC is my team. Like, it's not it's not that. They're born into it, you know? Well, Armand White has seen both. Well, okay. <laughs> Armand White is the exception, because he thinks those films are like art. Mm -hmm. um, he actually... Uh, I don't think he liked Birds of Prey. Uh, I'd have to look that up. Yeah, because he thought it was... No, you sent me the thing about the female gaze, right? And how it's just oh, feminism right, gone right. crazy. <laughs> Uh, Birds of Prey flaunts the female gaze. So this is the first DC movie that Armand White didn't like. Female gaze as in, like, gay females or gays? No, 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 no. Gay, okay. Gaze. Because there's, like, I, because there's this thing called the male gaze, um, which is, like, uh, you know, seeing, like, females in, like, art through, like, a male's eyes. So, like, you, it's usually more, like, sexualized and stuff. Okay. I don't know what he's saying there about the female gaze, but because that's not a thing. So they're... Flaunting the sexuality and objectification of men in this movie? Except I'm fairly certain they are not. <laughs> Alright. 
Birds of Prey betray Zack Snyder's influence on Suicide Squad, a movie that dug into the mystery of evil seduction and then engaged with the battle between love and trust, with the complexity of human feeling made deeper and higher than law and crime. Birds of Prey is so trite and patronizing that it already seems old, yet Suicide Squad's best moments have aged remarkably well. Yeah, so what I, what I, what I hear from this review is that Birds of Prey is the best DC movie. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's how you got to read the Armand White reviews. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Ewan McGregor's fine. I'm sure Margot Robbie's fine. Rosie Perez is in it, and I'm pretty sure that she Did they bring in... back Leto? Do we know? Wasn't she in Do the Right Thing? No, Jared Leto is not in this film. There's archive footage of him, and he is animated at one point, I hear. He's in... But, huh? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, like a clone. Like CGI'd. Not like... Oh, yeah. Yes, wait, CGI, 2D animation wait, CGI'd on the screen. like into the film, like yeah, at one like point, like a 3D yes. model of him during like a flashback or something. Interesting. Yeah, like why? Like Star Wars style. <laughs> they just yeah. really didn't want to ask him back, <laughs> or he didn't want to do it because they need the Joker for the plot, but they don't want to say they brought Jared Leto back. Do they? Do they credit him like for that? Like, does he get money know. for being in the film when they use his 3D model? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know how that works. They may or may not give money to him for that. Um, he's probably just still upset about the Joker movie and yeah. refused to come back. So in in a way, this film about Harley Quinn distancing him, herself from Jared Leto Joker is a metaphor for the studio distancing themselves from Jared Leto Joker. <laughs> yeah, yep. I feel like he gets a bad rap. I feel like he gets a lot of blame for Suicide Squad, even though he's barely in it. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. yeah. He's not a bad Joker, it just... So many other Jokers are freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Insanely yeah. so. I don't know. I'd say that he's a bad Joker. I think he just I think he just didn't know like what his role in that movie is. Like I think he yeah, thought he was the villain exactly. of that movie when he's not. He's like a very minor <laughs> side character. Yeah. I don't know. I think just, you know, when you're riding on the coattails of Heath Ledger, I, I understand yeah. that you can get a little I mean he did his own interpretation of it and people got mad because it's so different. Yeah. Uh, but Look at the Joker that everyone loves with Joaquin Phoenix. I'd say it's even more different than Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, I feel like Jared, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker isn't uncomfortable to watch, though, in the same way. I don't think Jared Leto's was uncomfortable. Oh, you wouldn't. It's uncomfortable when he tells Common to go have sex with his wife and then gets mad at him when Common says no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't blame Jared Leto. No, Leto's. yeah, oh, is that I mean, it's, it's probably the writing. Yeah, that's Common. I didn't know that was common. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. No, I don't know if that's Jared Leto's fault. I'm just. It. We don't need yeah. that character back. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're arguing. There's an interesting comparison made in here, just like the Morbius thing. Um. They're saying that Dark Phoenix didn't do super well because it doesn't. It's not called X Men Dark Phoenix. That's so. You know. I mean, that is true that it is not called X Men Dark Phoenix. It's also true that it's a bad movie. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Movies. Blame the film and blame the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Always blame so the I'm coronavirus. Say blame the title, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, shall we talk about the Oscars? Sure. Sure. Ari, did you watch them? No. Nice. Okay. Are you aware of the winners? Yeah. It's too long, but I I, I was checking up on the news as what won. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Parasite won Best Picture. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, no so, one believed okay. me, and by no one I mean Wes. I yeah I didn't think it was going to. 
but I will say, as the award show was going on and it was winning other things, I was like, oh shit, it, it actually uh-huh. might win. And then when director comes along, I'm like, there's a chance it's Bong Joon-ho. And then when Bong Joon-ho wins that, I'm like, there's a chance it wins Best Picture. And then it did. Yeah. So I was... My predictions, I got 18 out of 24. Yeah, uh, you, you cleaned I, up on I those. did. I did better than last year because I did not think Bohemian Rhapsody would win anything. And I was horribly mistaken multiple times when black panther and bohemian rhapsody started sweeping the lower categories i'm like okay i'm not getting any Mm -hmm. of this right uh i i got two big ones wrong i got the animated feature wrong because i legitimately thought klaus might hey keen peel uh i thought you know maybe they'll give it to something that's not pixar this one time but they didn't and then i should have gotten film editing I put Parasite just because I wanted it to win, but Ford v. Ferrari, like, realistically was going to win. Most of the ones that I got wrong were, like, the little ones. Like, I didn't get the... Like, the Little the, Women one? Like, live-action short film <laughs> or any of that stuff. But the big one that I didn't get right, I didn't get Best Director. I thought, okay, it's going to be Sam Mendes mm-hmm. because that's just how it is. And then they're going to give Parasite Best Picture. Which didn't Sam Mendes do again? 1917. Okay. And I was like, okay. And American Beauty. Sam Mendes, here we go. Like, I even said it out loud at the Oscars thing. I was like, okay, Sam Mendes. And they're like, Bong Joon-ho. And I jumped out of my seat um, because I didn't hear that (laughs) as like, oh, he won Best Director. I'm like, this means it wins Best Picture. Because there's no way they'd give it to him and then give 1917 the the best film. I can see Mm. them giving Sam Mendes Best Director and then Best Picture to Parasite. But the second Bong Joon-ho got director, I'm like, okay, we won, you know? Mm-hmm. I was very happy for Parasite. Yeah. Very happy for Parasite. I, I, think, it, I think everything, you know, I, the sh- it, w- it was fine. It was, it was, I wasn't upset with any of the awards. Um, yeah. Everything that won went to what it probably should have gone to for the most part. Hey, my girl Hilder won best score, so I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, you know, this this is a little uptick on the Academy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's been steadily decreased. I've been losing faith in anything they say. And even so with the last episode when you read me that very strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that was how they all voted. <laughs> yeah. But I'd say this is good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying I would have done everything the same, but I'm not saying I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait. So what are you saying, Ari? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I, I think it was. I, I think they did well. I I was not offended by anything. I did. Mm-hmm. Um. I did really like. Who who's who's that guy? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. When he came out and he was presenting, I was oh, like, Oh, but like, no, no, no. But that's the thing. Sorry, what? I missed the opening. Like, I we struggled <laughs> to get it set up in our thing. The second we started was best supporting actor. Okay. So I missed the whole opening. So I can't comment on this. I didn't know Steve Martin was there. <laughs> he was good. It was funny. And it made me think that I wish he hosted the yeah. whole thing. He's a funny guy. Uh-huh. He's a very funny man. How long was it, the opening? Uh, I don't know, like five to ten minutes, somewhere between that. It wasn't that long. Okay. It was ten minutes because we came in at the ten-minute mark. Yeah. 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 But that was the only time he appeared. Uh-huh. I did look on YouTube. Uh, the Eminem Lose Yourself because you said it was funny. Yeah, so that was wild. Um, I, I was confused why it was funny, and then I like took a step back. I'm like, 
You know what? This is actually kind of fun. Yeah. No, no, no. Because <laughs> the thing is, this segment starts, and it's like, this yeah. is the best music on film. Um, but it, it was a series of, of songs that, for the most part, first off, they weren't even like, it wasn't a compilation of songs. It was three to five seconds of a song, three to five seconds of a song, three to five seconds of a song with no real like blend between them. They didn't abruptly cut off, but they weren't even all original songs. And like, that's some of them the were, thing is a lot of them, the movies. most of them even were not written for the film. Yeah. And so then, like they start from the opening with "Lose Yourself." I'm like, okay, uh, why is this one still going? <laughs> uh-huh. What's happening? <laughs> hey guys, wouldn't it be funny if like Eminem came out to present the next? Oh my god, you know? Yeah. He, he starts coming mm-hmm. up out of the ground, and everyone's like, "That's where he's been for ten years." He's been under the floor at the Dolby Theater. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like that he performed, but I don't know why he did. I still don't know why he did. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. I, like, did research for this. I was going to try and tell you guys. It came out, like, guys, 10 years but... ago, right? <laughs> like... No, it came out, like, 17 years ago. <laughs> it's not even, like, an anniversary or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, because they're performing, they're performing all the other, like, or maybe not all of them, but, like, most of the other best original songs. So mm-hmm. I thought that it was just going to be one of those. Yeah. And it's not. And then I was like, does this win? It like, wasn't even like a segment. <laughs> Oscar goes to Eminem, but lose yourself. Yep, 17 yeah. years late. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, of songs, um, the Frozen one was fine. I thought that was interesting, the way that they did the the foreign uh, mix. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I actually didn't see the other four performances of the Oscar songs because those are when I did my bathroom breaks. But I will say, I hate Billie Eilish. She did fine. I wasn't horribly <laughs> insulted. Uh, but like, she hadn't performed yet. And I'm like, they haven't done the In Memoriam yet. And then they do this sweeping shot of the backstage and she's standing right by the edge. I'm like, oh no, she's gonna do the In Memoriam, isn't she? She was fine. I liked her reaction to like all the other songs, especially yeah. Eminem. That, she, yeah. she like did not, but she was not having it, I thought. <laughs> yeah, the crowd reaction shots during the Eminem song were incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, the best part. Look, I don't. Yeah. I, this is I don't share Nick's hatred of Billie Eilish. I think she's fine. Some of her songs I like, some of them I don't. Mm-hmm. She's doing the next Bond song. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this, but it's we coming did. out. Yes. Yeah. In the future of when we're recording this, but in the past of when this comes out. Yeah. So uh, I will now. We will now record two segments, one if it is good and one if it is bad. Okay. Wow, what a good song. That was pretty oh, good. Oh, I, shit. I, oh, bad. no. You know, I, you can't just overlap. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. 007. Oh, that was a bad well, song. Yeah. You know, I, I won't lie. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're stuck liking the nice. both. Either shit. Way. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah. Also, Bong Joon-ho... He he is really gonna drink that night. Yeah, yeah. Every, he made it, it abundantly yeah. clear. He was the playing fir- a the first award game. he wins. He's like, I'm gonna drink, and then like four more times, he's like, oh, He's man. like, I'll be drinking all night, and the next <laughs> one it's gonna be, I'm gonna be drunk all day tomorrow. And he gets up when for best picture. He's joke, already dead. <laughs> like sometimes doesn't hit. Like was it was like the meaning there? Yeah. Was the execution on point? I'd say yes as well. I laughed every time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that he will break into a rich person's house and steal all their <laughs> Steven Spielberg went home that night and Bong Joon-ho was just drunk on his couch. Uh-huh, eating dog food. Yeah. Um, 
Because I did, even though I was not watching live, I did go back and watch all the ones I cared about. Mm-hmm. There you and, go. Like, there speeches you go. and stuff. Nice. Yeah, uh, I will say most of the speeches were not political, though I wasn't listening super intently to all of them. I liked that there wasn't any huge political thing, except for when Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix just started talking about how milk sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, what does this have to do? He's like, don't drink milk. It's like the the two acceptances for best actor and best actress. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, Renee Zellweger went on for ten minutes talking about firefighters and like, like singers that she likes, and I'm like, what is happening? It's because the, it's the only time she's ever gonna win an award, so she needs yeah, to cherish it. <laughs> it wasn't even like thanking people. I I just I felt bad. I was like. Is anyone else seeing this, you know? <laughs> I think it's funny that whenever a big-name person was giving a speech, they wouldn't get cut off, but, like, for, like, mm-hmm. best documentary short, they'd have, like, ten seconds <laughs> to speak, and then the music would start playing. I yeah, felt bad and at them. least the, be- the best documentary short people were actually talking about the <laughs> movie they made, you know? Uh-huh. Let me just say, I was very proud I called that Little Women Would Win costume design. Yeah? Because it's always period pieces. Yeah, I, I said that, too. Just I don't because... Care. It's always period pieces, but all all of these are period. <laughs> okay, pieces, but like but like old period pieces. So, we can go on to the movies we're gonna talk about, but there's something that I want to say first, guys. I have a confession to make. I haven't told either of you this because I thought I should save it for the podcast. I think I'm gonna just tell everyone now, right here. Um, I saw cats. Oh. Okay. Would you like me to talk about cats? Why would you subject yourself to that? I I did it because I thought it'd be for the sake of a meme. I thought it'd be funny to talk about it here, and I thought it'd be good to nominate it for the Poners slash Ponies. I misspoke there. The Ponies are next week. We're going to host it on the podcast this time because we're not in video. We're not in the same location anymore, so we'll be uploading a podcast version of The Ponies. I thought it'd be good to see it just so it could be nominated for stuff. Um, that's really all I got out of it, is I can now nominate it for stuff. Um, you can no- nominate Jason Derulo's Bulge. Which which was not in the film. Like, oh. like his bulge is non-existent. His bulge is the best performance by a non-actor, though. Yeah, they, he, he said they decreased my bulge. That's not true. That bulge is non-existent. There is a thigh gap on this man. It reminds me of the Calvin Klein ads with Justin Bieber where they added a bulge. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, guys, guys, it's, it's real. It's real, man. I watched Cats, and I took notes. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of show you the notes that I took, if you can see them there. They're extensive. I took, I took oh, so many notes. Oh, they are very extensive. So, I won't read that all like of them. That's like a five-paragraph essay plus. <laughs> He's about to write his doctoral dissertation on cats. It, it was supposed to just be little comments. Um, so, in the beginning, I was, like, actually putting effort into these comments. But as the film went on, I'm not going to lie, I think the reviews are funnier now because they're all actually accurate. None of what they're saying is an exaggeration. This is a nightmare to watch. Is it that bad? It's, it's not a one-star it's maybe like 1.5 too because there's the occasional good song or good performance judy dench and chris uh not chris um ian mckellen i don't chris um they both (laughs) do fine (laughs) yeah the the old actors do fine the occasional song is okay 
Um, I don't know if that counts because... Is it worse than the Emoji Movie? Uh, no. It, it looks worse than the Emoji Movie, but the Emoji Movie has zero substance to it whatsoever. This... They did try. Um, there is some effort put into this film. Which one has the better James Gordon performance? This one, by far. <laughs> is immensely... Which one has the better Patrick Stewart performance? Mm, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Might still have to give it to Cats, even though he's not in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be Cats. I mean, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are basically the same person. Let me just read to you some of the comments I wrote. <clears throat> right off the bat, I legitimately, unironically thought that the wrong movie had started. Because the opening Fox logo or whatever comes up, or Universal or whatever studio it is... And then there's, like, a, a pan down from the sky and this horrible CGI animated car. And I thought I was watching the 99 cats animated or whatever. Animated car. Yeah, there's an animated car. And it looks like, Why? like a paper cutout of a car, basically. Could they not afford a car? I have no clue what <laughs> any of this is. So is this like, like Is this, like, how in Doolittle, like, they didn't plan out where the animals were going to be before the scene? Except for this, they didn't plan out where anything was going to be. And then they're just like, just CGI it later. Yes, that is exactly what it was. It looked like Batman and Robin levels of, like, weird camera angles and everything's disgusting and everything's poorly animated. It's like the Polar Express. It's like a car is somehow in the Uncanny Valley. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, the camera shakes so much in the opening scene. Um, it makes Born Identity look like a Tarkovsky film. Like, this camera Ouch. is all <laughs> over the place, you know? It just won't stop moving. Um, maybe it's the SD quality that I watched this film in. The cats don't look horrible. They, they are poorly designed, but the CGI on the cats themselves is, is like passable for the most part, at least in the beginning. There are certain characters, Idris Elba, Jessica, uh, not Jessica, uh, Jennifer Hudson and Judi Dench. Their cats are horrifying. They're horrible <laughs> to look at. Bustopher Jones is Bustopher? the worst cat I've ever seen. This is this is uh, uh, James Corden's cat. His name Bustopher Jones. By the way, <laughs> I didn't write a note about this. Their names are so stupid. These are all real names from the musical Cats. Grizabella, Bumbalarina, Monkstrap, <laughs> Rumtum Tugger, Skimbleshanks, Rumpelteaser, Bustopher Jones, Mungo Jerry, Jenny Annie Dots. I know Mungo Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> what? Idris Elba has a theme song. His name is McCavity the Mystery Cat. Wait, Mungo Jerry's an actual artist. The, there are, so, uh, Judy Dench's character is Old Deuteronomy. Like, all of the names are references to something, I think. Or they're, they might literally just be taken from the T.S. Eliot, uh, poem, but... I don't think the T.S. Eliot poem is that extensive. Uh, I think that knows? was more of their drugged-up writing. Um, early on in the beginning, there is a sign that says Cat Sino. Uh, I just thought I'd include that because Wes would appreciate a terrible pun. Um, In a better movie, yes. The music is fine, which is to be expected because it is based on a real musical by a talented man. Um, I said this in the opening. As it went on, there are songs that are legitimately bad, and some of them are sung out of key, which is weird because that should be the only thing that's good about this movie is the music. And then around maybe the 20 minute mark, my notes become a bit more frantic. I said, I think I might actually cry. I've stopped trying to be funny. I'm just very confused. They say the word jellicle so many times in this film. There what are is a jellicle? Where, uh, they're jellicle? the name of the cats. The cats are oh. jellicle cats. <coughs> and they, 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 
They Ari, say did you have to cough? I'm editing times. this episode, Ari. Did you have to cough? Could you not move? I'm under mute, the weather. Could you not right? mute your mic? You realize that I made that joke just so I don't have to edit it out now, so that it's funny. <laughs> Uh, Rebel Wilson is is uncomfortable to look at. There are mice in this film that are played by small children. That car in the beginning is driven by humans. The only human you ever see in the entire film is like the leg of a person as he casts uh, uh, Victoria, the lead cat, out of a car in a bag. So the cats are cat size, but they're human proportions. So the mouse is proportionate to the cat as if the cat were the size of a human. So, really, this mouse is the size of, like, a ladybug compared to a person. Like, it is so small. And then the cockroaches are just, like, amoebas compared to a person. So, none of the scale makes any sense. As I understood it, I, I heard that the musical itself, the cats are just, like, normal size. Yes, they are in the musical. It takes place, it takes place in London. Like, Trafalgar Square or whatever it's pronounced. I don't Trafalgar. fucking know. Trafalgar okay. Square is in this film. That's where the the climax of the film takes place. It's proportionate to humans, and but there's also a catcino, and there's a milk bar in this film. It's it's like the what is any of this? Bar. No, I literally Sold one of my notes. <laughs> one of my notes is if I can find it, I start commenting on on the milk bar. Someone says, "Look what the cat dragged in." This makes no sense in the context of the film. Um, also, someone says, "Cat got your tongue." That also makes no sense in the context of this film. Uh, what a human thing to say. Rebel Nick. Wilson unzips <laughs> her fur. Like, she has clothing on under her fur, which she takes off. Wait, under her fur? Being, yes. She takes her fur off, and then she has more fur and a costume under the first layer of fur. At some point, I wrote, The Cordova Milk Bar serves milk minus. Milk with ketamine, tweak sauce, jingle jangle, which is what I was drinking. <laughs> I don't know what that part was stirring. I think I started to lose it. Okay, I don't actually know what I wrote here. I said, this is... I, I said, what is this? Is this real? This is the fucking hippogriff scene. Call me by your name. What, what, what? I don't know what that means. I, I, I don't know what that means. So I actually lost it by the end of the film. <laughs> I don't know what the hippogriff is. From Harry Potter? Yeah. I actually... Wait, I hold, what does that mean? From Prisoner of Azkaban, right? Yeah, but... What am I referring to? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think Wait, the CGI is bad on the hippogriff or something? No, I do. I think the hippogriff is great. The hippogriff is real. They they have a, a prop for that. So, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Hold on. Maybe, um, let me figure out what the actual end is. Oh. Oh, you know what it is. Um, there's a moment where they, like, approach someone and then bow I'm like, okay, they're just doing the hippogriff thing because they're like slowly approaching. They bow exactly like this, and Judy Dench speaks directly to the audience. That's what it is. The ending of this film, after being completely behind the fourth wall, Judy Dench turns to the camera and goes, Now you know what cats do. Let me tell you what you should do if you ever come across a cat. First, you must bow to it. Then you shall ask it, uh, you shall ask it its name. And then they're like, You ask it your name? And then. <laughs> You say, yes, cat. I shall call you by your name. And then the film ends. That's the actual, that's the ending that's the of the actual movie. ending of this movie. And then, also, Jennifer Spoilers, Hudson, by the, the way. whole plot, I finally, finally, at the hour mark, I figured out the plot. One of the Jellicoe cats will be chosen by Judy Dench to be, like, reincarnated as a different cat in a better life. 
So they stick Jennifer Hudson, who wins when she sings a song. The way that you win is you sing a song. So like the the Railway Cat song is one of these competitions. Ian McKellen sings a song at one point that's like, I say sings, he really speaks it. Um, <laughs> Idris Elba's song is sung almost entirely by Taylor Swift, so it really, he should be disqualified. Um, but Jennifer Hudson's song is just so good that it's like, you shall be the chosen Jellicle. So they stick her in, an on, in a hot air balloon, and she floats away, and then the hot air balloon just, like, disappears. Like, it, it fades away from the screen. It's like, what just happened? Where did she go? <laughs> it doesn't, like, go behind a cloud. Like, it just, like, di- it just no, disappears. It, it dissolves. It <laughs> is the bear from Logan Lucky. It dissolves. Uh-huh. Like, and then the film ends. I hated this movie. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, that, I feel like that was a cardio workout right there. Uh-huh. All right. Let's talk about a movie. Let us. Yeah. All right. So our recommendation from a uh, an audience member mm-hmm. was the show. Sorry, the TV. <laughs> I'm so mentally exhausted after this. Was the movie Jojo Rabbit. Uh-huh. Yes. So... What do you guys think about it? Starting with you, Wes. Starting with wait, me. Wait, 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 about, wait, wait. Yeah. Start with me because I've seen it before. Start with start with starting with Nick. Starting with Nick. Yeah. All right. Let me just tell you, I've seen this film before. Really liked it the first time that I saw it. I think that watching it again, I will be able to give some commentary that maybe you guys didn't pick up on because I know Ari always talks about how he doesn't know what a director does. Here is a thing that a director does. This is a very well directed film. Because once I knew the twists and turns this film would take, there are performances in here that are directed from the perspective of what their twist is. So, like, there are things that characters will do that are suddenly given a lot of meaning if you know what it is that they're going to find out at the end or what it is that they reveal at the end. So that's the job of a director is to make sure that the performances work over the entirety of a film. Um, I will say the first 20 minutes of this film are not great, and I was at the 20-minute mark, and I was like, oh, God, Wes is going to hate this movie. And then the second that we transition away from the from the Boy Scout camp, that's when the movie starts getting very good, and I think the last act of this film is incredible, um, and I like the music. It's also a very funny film. Uh, Ari. Uh, okay, me. So <laughs> You want to end I, with I, me, bro. You want to end with the, me. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this film, mm-hmm. and it, it, I thought it was hilarious, to mm-hmm. be honest. I mean, I was thinking a lot about what uh, the ballot we read last time said. Yeah. But, God, it was this was a funny film. Yeah. It, it, especially, well, I think one of my favorite parts was when he's running with the grenade. Yeah. And his imaginary friend is uh, dancing beside him uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. as he's running, and then he... the. How his body uh, uh, ragdolls as he gets blown up. Mm-hmm. All of the imaginary All friend that stuff was hilarious. is fantastic. All of the imaginary friend stuff. Yeah. God, uh, I think... And, and the messages weren't terrible. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the pacing wasn't bad either. I, 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 liked, I liked the beginning. I, as uh, You guys might not, but I liked both the beginning and the, uh, the rest of the film. So yeah. I, I, I did thoroughly like this movie. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit, good, good from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Nick is absolutely wrong, okay? Really? Yeah. The beginning is really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the beginning. I, okay. I, I like the Boy Scout part a lot. In fact, I actually thought that that was the entire movie based off of, like, 
I hadn't. Yeah. I had like seen like bits and pieces of the trailers. I don't think I've ever actually yeah. like seen an entire trailer for this movie. So that's all I knew about was the Boy Scout stuff. Uh-huh. I I liked it a lot. I thought that was like really funny. I thought the whole okay. movie was good. I liked the whole movie. It was it was good. Yay! Okay. It was it was actually like pretty funny. Um, this man like because I didn't really like Thor Ragnarok that much. Mm-hmm. I can tell now that this man knows how to make a comedy. Yeah. Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if you'd love that one, but I think it's safe to say what we do in the shadows, you, you'd probably love. Yeah. Um, spoilers from here on out. We're yeah. going to talk about the actual film. I want to clarify. I don't think the opening is bad. I just think up for the first 20 minutes, it's very, what do we do in a Nazi comedy? And it's like, okay... They go to Nazi Boy Scout camp, and Rebel Wilson's like, so, tell me, what is a Jew, you know? And and Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell's just, like, shooting stuff. It's like, okay, this is what you'd expect it to be. Second that JoJo ends up getting blown up by his own grenade, and he gets sent to the hospital, that's when the film becomes, like, like it goes off on its own, and is like, okay, this is what the movie's actually about, you know? Mm-hmm. And the reason I thought you wouldn't like it is because you despise Moonrise Kingdom, and this is somewhat similar to that, and it's mm-hmm. a bunch of little boys running around. Yeah, because Moonrise Kingdom isn't funny. This is funny though. Yes, very this funny. is, what it is. Okay. very funny. Yes, yes, yes. I think I I really liked Rebel Wilson in this movie. Yeah. I thought she was great. I the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, everyone in this film is great except Rebel Wilson is a weak link. I watched it again. I take that back. I'm sorry, Rebel. I think your character is funny. Mm-hmm. After seeing her in Cats, you were like. I was like, okay, you know what? This she she can actually act uh-huh. now that I know it. Cats, her performance was just so good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel I feel like I when I see Rebel Wilson in a movie, I don't have very high expectations. Mm-hmm. In fact, I expected her to do not great because hey, yeah. Pitch Perfect is pretty good. Pitch Perfect is a great movie. It yeah. is it is a great movie, but. I feel like I've grown out of that comedy, and that's not the comedy. Yeah. Her co- the comedy her character was in that movie is not mm-hmm. the comedy I wanted in this movie. And, and it that's wasn't. what I expected. My friend met some Russians once, and they ate him. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, w- I wish I could write down, like, every good joke in this movie, because there were a lot of jokes that I laughed at. Yeah. I stopped, very few... I stopped trying at a point, yeah. One last tale, please, for <laughs> old time's sake. There were a few that, like, kind of fell flat for me but like in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things i think that this was all like really funny mm-hmm. um you're 10 start acting like it yeah <laughs> my my favorite line in the whole film which i had forgotten becomes an actual plot point by far my favorite part is just when he goes yoo-hoo Jew. i thought the delivery on that is wonderful this this little kid is like really good yeah i think my yeah. favorite my favorite joke was when tim rockwell's like I asked you for dogs. Why did yeah. you bring me a bunch of German shepherds? And it just cuts to like a bunch of like farmers. I yeah. thought that was really funny. Like um, literal shepherds who are German. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. So, uh, if it's all right, I'll take charge of the plot just because I've Do seen it. it twice. Okay. So the plot of this film is uh, we're introduced to a kid named Jojo. Um, Johannes. Johannes is what he is known as originally. Yo, Hannes. Um, <laughs> his last name is not Rabbit. Yeah, his last name is not Rabbit. I don't think we ever find out his last name. I think we do. But so no, I think we do pretty early. When, but we yeah, do. and also when Stephen Merchant's going through the house. Oh, that's right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so he is a sort of a lonely kid. He's got one friend named Yorkie. Um, Who's his second best friend? His second best friend. The 
first place is reserved for the Fuhrer. The Fuhrer himself is his imaginary friend, played by none other than uh, New, New Zealand native Taika Waititi, um, who is wonderful throughout this film, mm-hmm. and all of his lines are great, and everything he does. He's the director, right? Yeah. He is the director. Um, he's also Jewish, which I don't think the people that complain about this film being anti-Semitic know is that the guy that wrote it and made it and plays Hitler is Jewish. He's pretty qualified. That makes it so much funnier. <laughs> yeah. I, I love when he's like, oh, he's like, oh, uh, I have a dinner date with the unicorn, and then he just jumps out a window. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then later we see him eating the unicorn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the amount of times I've seen Hitler jump out a window for some reason, is extensive. <laughs> Does it happen in Glorious Bastards? Like, what? No, but it happens in every episode of Danger 5. <laughs> so, Jojo goes to uh, Hitler Youth Camp, where mm-hmm. he is training. He wants to be in Hitler's personal guard, I guess. Um, but he is bullied by some of the older kids who make him... They try to make him kill a rabbit, and they're like, you're scared, just like a rabbit. Jojo, rabbit... And so he runs off to complain to his best friend Hitler. He's like, those guys were mean, you know? Hitler was very motivational at that point. He said, be the rabbit, the mm-hmm. rabbit yeah. is smart. Be the rabbit, the rabbit is smart. Um, and so Jojo's like, I will be the rabbit. So he takes a grenade, runs out into a field, throws it, it hits a tree, bounces back, and hit and lands right in front of him. And he's like, oh shit. And so Jojo rabbit gets blown up by the grenade and spends... Uh, he ends up getting sent home. He has to spend the rest of the film at home because he is now quote unquote whole sequence horribly scarred. The mm-hmm. the travel to the hospital. No, no, no! Like the slow motion as he grabs it, throws it, yeah. it landing back at him, and him being blown up. Uh-huh. I like the traveling to the hospital where it's like super fast paced, and Rebel Wilson's like, "Ah, oh, this kid's probably gonna die." Yeah. Sam Rockwell's just <laughs> yeah, drinking. He he gives the thumb up to Hitler, and his whole arm is just covered in blood. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very good. I figured that you, Wes, would like the part where uh, Stephen Merchant shows up, the Gestapo comes over, and they're, it's just, how Hitler, how yeah, Hitler, yes. how <laughs> Hitler, how Hitler. That was, that was really funny. 31 times in the space of a minute uh-huh. is how many times it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Jojo gets sent home, and we meet his mother, of course, played by Scarlett uh, Johansson. Um, <laughs> and she is, you know, very protective of him. She's a very loving mother. But as we find out through the course of the film, Jojo, who is thinks he's a diehard Nazi, his mother is maybe has ulterior motives. Nazi. So, after after coming home one She's day... She's a Nazi, man. He thought she was. <laughs> after coming home one day, Jojo Rabbit goes upstairs to find that there is a little girl named Elsa living in the walls. Um, and uh, the little girl convinces him that if he tells anyone that he will also get in trouble. So he can't tell his mom, he can't tell the police or anything. Because she is Jewish, of course. Yes, uh, he ends up using this to his advantage. He's going to write a book about Jews. Called um, Hey Jude called by the Beatles. Hey, yeah, Hey Jude. Oh, that was funny too. Um, <laughs> so he speaks to her and she kind of like uh, plays into his preconceptions. You know, she's making fun of his his beliefs. And at some point she mentions that she has a 
fiance named Nathan overseas in Paris. Probably not overseas because it's Germany. Never mind. I forgot <laughs> Germany is on Europe. All um, the way across the Atlantic and then the Pacific <laughs> and yeah. then the Indian Ocean and then the back. long way around. Um, he is in Paris, and so JoJo starts writing letters from the perspective of Nathan to give to her, saying, Oh, you know what? I don't want to marry you anymore. And she starts crying. And he's like, Oh, so he writes another one. And he's like, uh, I, I found another letter from Nathan. I, I actually don't want to break up with you. I still like you. Uh-huh. I don't want you to go and kill yourself be out of sadness because yeah. <laughs> it's happened many times before. <laughs> and it's very stressful. Uh-huh. Um, so throughout this film, he's forming this relationship with her. Uh, of course he's, he's not buying it the entire time. Yeah. yeah. That is she part of... She realizes. Yeah. She's, she's much smarter than he is. Yeah, She's I'll get to that player. as we go on. But, uh, so, throughout this film, he's also working with Sam Rockwell, who, because of the blowing up incident, has been <laughs> reassigned to, like, the post office, basically. Uh-huh. Um, he's just doing his thing, and uh, slowly, throughout the film, you can see Germany's beginning to lose. Off in the distance, you'll hear explosions, you'll see people talking about things like this, soldiers marching through the streets. And, um... Jojo eventually uh, he uh, goes home one day and he's talking to, to Elsa when suddenly the Gestapo shows up led by Stephen Merchant they do a search of the house and he's like oh no he's gonna find her and then suddenly there she is in the room she's she is as they might say staring a tiger in the eyes by just standing there and blatantly being like hey guys it's me which she does earlier in the movie yeah uh, she stands there blatantly and takes the identity of Jojo's dead sister, who I forgot to mention. He has a sister that is deceased. Um, she assumes her identity. Uh, very fortunately, moderate, pretty damn similar to her. Yeah. So Sam Rockwell shows up out of nowhere and is like, oh, let me see your papers. And so he's like, so when were you born? And she's like, uh, May 1st. And then he's like, okay, cool, see ya. And the Gestapo all leave and she's like, oh no. It was May 7th. He knows. And it's like, oh, what's going on here, you know? And so they're waiting for the mom to come back. Jojo goes on a walk, and uh, his mom is dead. She's been hung in the town square. Uh, Very tragic scene, very emotional scene. Mm -hmm. Um, So now Elsa and Jojo live alone. Uh, They're watching the explosions off in the distance like they're fireworks. Hitler is getting progressively more passive-aggressive as time goes on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. his best friend Hitler is like, what are you doing, man? Why aren't you turning her in, you know? Yeah. Um, And eventually, uh, the war comes into Berlin, and this scene, I think all of the war stuff is fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. His his friend Yorkie is now an enlisted troop with, like, cardboard uniforms because they're running out of materials, Uh and... Rebel Wilson sticks a grenade into some kid's trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then... his back, sends him away. She runs off, like, carrying this huge gun. Sam Rockwell riding around with, like, the... He looks like fascist Elton John. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got these furls. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And so uh, they win the war. He goes home to, to talk to her. And he's like, oh... Um, you know what? Germany won. Don't come out. Please live with me still. Uh-huh. And then she's very upset, so he writes one more letter pretending to be Nathan. And it's like, you know what? JoJo's all right. He's going to help you get out of here. So they go outside, and she's like, oh, so we did lose. 
and he's like, yeah. And then they do a little dance, and Heroes starts playing. Also, Nathan died a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Nathan is not real. Or was right. real. Oh, he's yeah, no and also, real. he kicks out, he kicks, uh, he kicks Hitler out a window. And yeah. says, yes. fuck you, Hitler. Yeah. Um, so before we get started, I just want to say... Um, We've been started. <laughs> before we continue, I just want to say... <laughs> Uh, I don't like Hitler. He kind of sucks. Real uh, life or in this movie? Yeah, real life. Okay, okay. He's a bit oh, of a bad bloke. Yeah, um, I'd agree. I, I yeah. don't think it'd be improper to say Hitler is just a shit mm-hmm. um, in general. One of the worst. Yeah. Are you covering your bases here or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is he preparing for? Not really. For? <laughs> I, just think it's, I just think it's good it's to like, say. It's like, well, guys, I don't like, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're clarifying to the audience that we are anti-Hitler. When we refer to Hitler, we're talking about movie Hitler from yeah, now on. who's not even the real Hitler. He's played by a Jewish director. So it's his imaginary friend. And I think yeah. that's good. Is like It's not like insensitive because this isn't even the real Hitler. Yeah. And even if it was the real Hitler, like, yeah, make fun of Hitler all you want. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I think a big thing in this film that critics that think this is an offensive film aren't getting is that no part of this is really anti-semitic because it's making fun of the ideology Mm -hmm. it's making fun of anti-semitism look at how ridiculous these people are that this is what they legitimately think i don't know if this is the actual ideology they're trying to force onto kids i don't know how education worked at that point but i imagine that it was very like propaganda you know, oh, yeah, of course. nothing that they're saying is actually true. So it's making fun of the fact that, like, people legitimately thought this way and believed this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think you're allowed to make jokes about that because you're not insulting, like, the tragedies of the Holocaust. You're making fun of these dickheads who perpetrated it, you know? Yeah. I think you're allowed to do that. I don't see why why you wouldn't be. Yeah, and I think it's being, and it's also like making a message of like how, like JoJo, you know, he's not a violent person, and he mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be like this if he didn't grow up in this time. It's just yeah. like he's a he's a he is a product of the propaganda and stuff. Yeah. So the sympathetic Nazis in this film are the little kids and Sam Rockwell. And Sam Rockwell, I didn't mention, very, very clearly gay throughout the film. There are moments where he has his this boyfriend, and like Jojo will inter- interrupt like uh, a moment between uh-huh. them, or they'll be sitting there, like wearing women's full-bodied swimsuits with like the yeah, swim with caps. the German shepherds. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell at you. That was it's stupid okay. Name I'm for so sorry. Dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the end, they come running out with these like fabulous costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm legitimately convinced that the only reason that Sam Rockwell's character is gay is because he is the adult sympathetic Nazi, and the way that they have to make a Nazi sympathetic is they have to make him un-Nazi-like as possible. Uh-huh. So they're like, look, if he's gay, he's definitely not going with the ideology here. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an overwhelming amount of you can be a proud German without being a Nazi because there are very patriotic people in this film who despise the Nazis, like Scarlett Johansson's character, mm-hmm. yeah. where she literally says, you know, I like Germany. That's why I don't yeah. like Hitler, you know? Yeah, the themes of that go deep, like when uh, the, what's her name again? Uh, Elsa is talking to Jojo, and yeah. she's saying, you are not a Nazi, even though... Like, you are Nazi! <laughs> <laughs> that's all he wants to be. 
but like yeah. she's looking up at like his she's seeing that his morals are changing yeah mm-hmm. he's like of, he's like of course i am i want to work for hitler and all that stuff and also he's like of course i'm a nazi i'm s- totally into swastikas right yeah oh, i yeah. think i think it might be making fun of these like these like skinheads that exist in the real world where it's like what are you doing you you're just an idiot you think that you're part of this ideology that's just so much worse than anything that you could imagine you know mm-hmm. like yeah. to have this this character befriend jojo and even like yorkie throughout the film doesn't really like buy the whole ideology he's just there to help out he's like you know we we found some jews out in the forest they're really pretty cool i mean yeah. i don't get the big the big deal i'm more scared of the russians you uh-huh. know who of course eat children and screw the dogs yes as they course. say we have to stop the russians before they eat our our babies and screw our dogs and our german shepherds and our german shepherds who were in the bas- in the battle scene as well which were funny mm-hmm. yeah something i loved there's two main things i want to point out which i loved about this movie mhm like, I say how I don't like child actors, because a lot of times they're not good. Mm-hmm. JoJo performed very, very well. Yes. Yeah, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for this. Really? Correct, I don't though. blame it, because he was, he was a very, he, he acted extremely well. And that, yeah. that was a big relief for me. And also, the transition, oftentimes subtle, of the city over time, mm-hmm. as the war is closing in, is like... It was good because it started off extremely lively and it got like more and more like uh, empty, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like. You, you can see why this was nominated for production design, right? Like this, every yeah. aspect of Berlin is very well handled. The houses and, like, have the, faces. Yeah, there's a great part with the <laughs> houses all. I, you know, still don't know what that was supposed to be. I think the houses are crying. Like Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um uh great costumes great yeah great and i think all that scarlett johansson was great um so was sam rockwell like sam rockwell is incredible in this film especially yeah, i'm watching i the agree end. so if i i know i'm talking a lot it's just like i really like this movie yeah, yeah, i have a lot sure, to say right. about it um in watching it again i knew obviously that scarlett johansson was going to die and i knew that sam rockwell like he was sympathizing with Scarlett Johansson. It's never clearly said, but I think it's implied that they like he is aware of what's going on and he knows kind of what's happening. Because well, I thought he had a thing for her. And yeah. Because I didn't really pick up on the gay things, which are abundantly clear now. That I think back on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, because like at the beginning, like she's talking to him. And she's, like, telling him what to do and whatnot. Like, it's, I think uh-huh. it could be inferred that he has some part in it. Because he just shows up completely by random at that house yeah. during the, the search scene. That's so true, I think yeah. he, he either Scarlett Johansson... My interpretation of that is... Because the last time we saw Scarlett Johansson was before that scene. I believe... Wow, Nick. How, he, how, how, what a big <laughs> observation. No, no, no. I'm saying that she because... the last time in the movie. <laughs> the last time in the in the movie that we see her alive oh, is before oh, oh, that oh, scene. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the previous time. Like, <laughs> I think that this is my interpretation of this, is that he was involved, like, in order to... He knew that, that JoJo was home alone and that this was about to happen. And the reason that the Gestapo have shown up there is because... 
they now know that she is a, a traitor. So I'm, I'm assuming they have just come from hanging Scarlett Johansson and are now mm-hmm. searching the house for any evidence that maybe she was hiding someone, right? Yeah, that is so a keen So Sam Rockwell guaranteed, like, knows about this and is going to protect JoJo knowing full well that she is going to be there, the little girl. Mm-hmm. So Sam Rockwell's acting in that scene, watching again with that interpretation. Like, his acting is incredible in that scene because you can see him, like, thinking, like, okay, this is her. I'm now going to pretend, yep, this is the sister, bye, you know? Mm-hmm. And earlier on in the film, when Thomasin McKenzie, uh, the Elsa, she is sitting there when you know she's just told him about nathan we find out later that nathan had died a year earlier and that she was just talking about him as if he was alive when that first letter comes and he's like oh so i found a letter here from nathan and her reaction isn't a her reaction's like what it's not really he he sent a letter it's what are you talking about he's dead like Mm -hmm. what is this so, from the very beginning, she knows that he's written them. Even the first one that says, oh, I broke up with you. Yeah. So, I think that her hiding away to not talk to him is in a reaction of, oh, I'm so sad that my boyfriend yeah, has I done got this. That. It's like, oh, this this jerk is now no, yeah. insulting my dead husband, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I got that the first time. I, I knew she wasn't buying it. Yeah. But just, I like, think, I think that's bringing clear, up such but... a hard topic for her, uh-huh. you know, and it's, it's like, conveyed very well, and that's a directing thing, is, like, this is the emotion you're feeling in this scene, that it's not even, like, things that you pick up on a second time, it's it's there the whole time, very mm-hmm. obviously, it's just now that you know where it's going, it makes so much more sense, and I think that's, like, a very, that's a sign of a well-put-together film. Mm-hmm. And the shoes, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's the lots shoes. of shoe symbolism. Yep. We we didn't talk about... I feel like we're not giving enough credit to Scarlett Johansson. She's great in this. Really good, And yeah. her scene where she pretends to be his father is so good. I love that. Mm-hmm. Where she just rubs smut all over her face to to put on a beard and is, is like, don't you ever talk to your mother like that? And then goes by the fireplace and is like, I, I yelled at the kid, you know? <laughs> like, that's what wonderful. Do I do? <laughs> Sorry, kid, you know? Uh-huh. It sounds like my bartender from Hot Lead. <laughs> hey, kid. Uh-huh. You ever been to Daytona Beach? Um, yeah, I, I think... Um, am I allowed to bring up another long point? Or do yeah, I stop do, talking? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Please. I think that this... Because this is a PG-13 film. I think that this is not a bad thing that I'm bringing up, but I do think it's interesting. Is this feels like... Like, gateway symbolism. Because a lot of the symbols in this film are not subtle. Like, the Jews love ugly things, and then he looks in the mirror at his horribly scarred face. Like, that's not super subtle. Um, And then there's the butterflies, where it's like, oh, you'll feel butterflies in your stomach. And there's (laughs) a scene later on where he looks down, and it's like the most Wes Anderson thing ever, where it's just like butterflies are in his stomach. Um, It was like so, like, like, terrible. It was good. Yeah. all of I the thought shoes... the U-turn was, per- was perfect. <laughs> All of the shoes uh, symbolism, because we keep seeing her shoes throughout the film, and then suddenly when he looks up and the shoes are just dangling there. Mm-hmm. Um, that hit me. Like, there's lots of that very simple uh, symbolisms in the film, and it almost feels like, like if you're 
12, 13, 14, 15, and you're watching, you're sort of getting into, like, films, you know? Um, this is a film that you could watch and see, like, oh, there's a theme. There's a theme. <laughs> like, I understand what this theme is saying, where it's coming from, what what it is, you know? So I, I think that, like, they're, like, sort of just so slightly hidden enough that you can, it's like a scavenger hunt of, like, oh, there's there's some symbolism, there's a theme, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a very interesting... Because I don't think it's bad, because they are definitely real themes. It's just they're they're put there in a way that's like, oh, if you want to take a look, there it is. I mean, you don't have to. Um, <laughs> it's really yeah, up to you it's, whether you want to watch it. It's just, it's just a very charming film. It's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to dislike, even though I thought Wes might dislike it, just because nope. movies. Nope. But I'm very glad that you liked it, because that means I'm correct in saying this is actually a great film yeah it's good very good yeah i would uh, recommend this to people and i would watch it again yeah for sure mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here it's incredibly funny i don't think we can stress that enough yeah. great use of music too mm-hmm. um i want to point out early on in the film um i want to hold your hand by the beatles plays yeah the opening, <laughs> that is yeah. that is actually them that is the beatles during their tour in germany they sung their songs really? in german yeah Cause it's so- I was curious because it sounded like yeah, as authentic that as is, it gets. Because uh-huh. I, I saw this with Violet, and she's very well-versed in the Beatles. I'm like, that sounds a lot like Paul McCartney. She's like, bitch, that is Paul McCartney. I looked <laughs> it up. It is, in fact, a recording from their German concerts. Mm-hmm. Also, um, there is a German version of Heroes called Helden by David Bowie. Uh, that is also... David Bowie singing it. He actually recorded that song in Berlin. It's one of the three albums known as the Berlin Trilogy. That is also really David Bowie. So lots of the songs in this film are uh, the actual artists. Those are all just German songs laced throughout, very well used. So yeah, that's that film. Very good. Yep. I like it. Yeah. So shall we talk about Little Small Women? women? Right. Small Girls, I believe we yeah. shall. All right. So, I'll try lie. not to talk as much. No, no, talk all you want. I mean, you were kind of bottled up from last episode when we and Wes took the stage for the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just because I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, if I had something to say, I'd say it. Yeah. Okay, Little Women. That was my recommendation for this episode. Yes. And do we, we do the synopsis first? We or... never know. Oh, uh, we do the opinions first. And okay, so that people opinions. know if we like the film, um, and then we do the spoilers. Okay. So before we even get Fair into enough. that, um, I did not know Little Women was a book and then also a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I it's by it Louisa May Alcott. Louisa May Alcott, yeah. Yeah. I almost said Jane Austen. This movie this is... This feels like Pride wanna, and Prejudice, doesn't it? Pri- this is Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah, it is the it is. same exact story. I'll get to that, though. <laughs> a lot of people uh, know and like this story already, mm-hmm. which I did not know this. Class- classic American novel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how old it is, but it's classic. Younger yeah. than the Civil War, probably. No, because... Oh, yes, younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, I did not realize that it was still in theaters when I recommended it. Which made it harder for us. Yeah. However, we all ended up watching it. And I didn't I didn't have 
too high expectations. I don't really know anything about it, but mm-hmm. I fucking love this movie so much. Hey. I really like this movie. Hey, nice. Okay. He finally recommended the movie. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's slow. Yeah, it was it was slow at the beginning, a little bit. Or no, maybe not snow. It was a little. Snow. I was a little confused. So I was trying to keep track of all seven of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seven. But, sorry, not seven. <laughs> How many four? girls are there? Four. Uh, I mean, four sisters. Yeah. Hold it on. felt like seven at the beginning. <laughs> Amy, Beth, Joe, and the other one. And then, and then Phil. The, uh, no, and then oh, the mom. Oh yes, Phil. That's right. <laughs> and then the aunt. Meg. 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 Emma Watson is Meg. The Meg. <laughs> okay so anyways but it they all had amazing uh they're able to develop all these different characters so well and it mm-hmm. was so emotional and i just love the story mm-hmm. i did not expect to like it as much as i did but in terms of my opinion that's that's where i am hey there you go nice um should i go next yeah uh i saw this film in theaters uh i liked it uh, I'll, not a ton in the beginning. I was more like, okay, I see what's going on here. But as the movie went on, I was like, oh, you know what? This is, I'm enjoying this. It should be noted for whatever reason. I, I have complete comfort in saying this, but for some reason unknown to me, uh, the, as Wes would say, horror films are his comfort food. For some reason, my comfort food is 19th, uh, century, like, <laughs> novels about like families i don't know why but like i adore pride and prejudice Uh i adore there in theaters i saw a trailer for there's a movie coming up with uh, anya taylor joy called emma which is another jane austen novel i'm like oh shit i'm excited for this (laughs) all in um but yeah so i may be biased by the fact that i like films about family but i think oh so you like fast and furious i love fast and furious (laughs) greatest film ever made uh yeah, I like Last Jedi, a film about family. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, this film's good. I liked it. It's good. Good movie. Great performances throughout. All um, around, yes. When was the last time we saw a bad performance? Um, Cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like this movie, too. I hey. think, you know, I mean, I liked Jojo Rabbit more, but I did like uh-huh. this. I didn't think it was amazing. But I liked it at points, and I really liked it at points. And I thought that this actually also was fu- pretty funny at points, too. Like, I laughed yeah, during this yeah. movie, which I did not really expect to do. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was solid. I don't think that it was, like, ground, like mind-blowing or anything. But uh, mm-hmm. it's good. Well made. It's, 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 yeah, it's very solid um, storytelling. It's very well-directed, one might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Honestly... Honestly, Greta Gerwig should have been nominated for this and not uh, Todd Phillips for Joker because Todd Phillips literally just steals what Martin Scorsese does and does nothing with it. Whereas this feels like the way that it's paced, the way that it all plays out is very tonally consistent. I'd argue this is a better directed film than Lady, Lady Bird, which I know Wes hates. So, so I will agree know. with you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Just the jumping back and forth between time is done really well, mm-hmm. especially with the lighting. It's like perfect between subtle and not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then they have haircuts later on to help you out, or even early on. Yeah, with, uh, Joe. Because yeah, I I was like, God, this Amy, is gonna be impossible for me. Yeah. Um, Wes, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Was 
was Timothy Chalamet's dad in this film the the villain from Spider-Man? Was that like Norman Osborn from the Amazing Spider-Man movies? Uh, I will correct you if you are wrong because you are wrong, and I actually wrote this down because it is a return to the podcast of Chris Cooper. Yeah, but isn't he in the Amazing Spider-Man? I swear to God, he is. Chris Cooper's Norman Osborn. Yeah, isn't he? I don't know. All I know is Chris Cooper's in American Beauty. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's the racist dad, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. Oh, he's not racist. He's homophobic. It's also he's also the return racist. of. Never mind. We didn't talk about that movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I I think um, really like uh, Meryl Streep was really good in this movie. Yeah, I didn't know she was in it. I didn't either. Meryl, I didn't know Meryl Streep was in it. I didn't know that um, Laura Dern was in it. I did not know and that either. I didn't know, or I had forgotten that Timothy Chalamet was in it. So before we talk about the the movie itself, if it's all right, I'd just like to talk about my theater experience. Okay. I thought I was seeing this film alone. It was a very small theater. My AMC has got a lot of big screens. This one is like eight, maybe ten seats across for six rows right it's very small so i thought i was seeing it just with these two other people in the in the row who were two down from me we were all sitting in the middle i get there these people come in it's a woman and her daughter and they clearly don't know what seats they're supposed to be in because they sit down right next to me which is not possible because there is a space between me and then their two seats and they've sat down right next to me i'm like okay Look, if it's just going to be the three of us, I'll move. I'll go sit in the back. I go sit in the back, and these two teenage girls come in, and they plop themselves down a couple seats from me, and they are talking incessantly throughout all of the trailers, throughout the opening logos, and not in, like, theater talk where it's like, oh, it's like, oh, my God, did you see what Becky was wearing? It's like, shut the (laughs) fuck up, you know? And so the movie starts, and I didn't know that Timothy Chalamet was in the film. These girls, they knew, and that's why they were there. Because he comes on, oh my god, he's so hot. And I'm like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? And they were just, every time he'd come on, it was like those people that obsess over BTS. Like, they'd start giggling, and they'd be, hee hee hee. You know, like, there he is. Yeah. And they really wanted him to end up with Saoirse Ronan. And they're like, you better fucking say yes to her, bitch. Or say yes to him, because he's the best man you're ever going to see. I'm like, what? shut up. Uh-huh. What are you? Uh-huh. It was horrible. And like, I literally moved two seats further, because they wouldn't shut up. And like the people in front of them, the, these poor, this poor couple that had come there to see the film together, they just kept looking at each other whenever they were laughing. And they'd just be like, uh, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Those nice. girls, I, I was literally tempted to just shout during one of the scenes, shut up, you know, mm-hmm. and like, who said that? Oh, we'll be quiet, you know, but yeah. Hey, it's me, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, it'd be <laughs> nice if you uh, girls kept it down right now. I thought you were trying to say <laughs> Timothy Chalamet does like the Vsauce Michael thing. <laughs> hey, t- hey, Chalamet, Timothy here, you know. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. So. Okay, so. I, another reason I might like this film so much mm-hmm. is because I'm kind of a culturalist person. For I have not seen or read either of the, like any Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Any of the Pride and Prejudices? You haven't read any of them. Pride <laughs> and Prejudice. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Excuse you. Uh, oh, yes. there you go. That's uh, yes. right. A classic. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it was it was a new story to me. Yeah. Even if many people had uh, seen or read it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's not it's not exactly like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, it's, like, I would it's, have no idea. It's, it's it's similar. Pride and Prejudice is the difference, of course, is like it's very very British. Like it is. Yeah. Oh, capital! They even make a joke about capital and Little Women. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in England, uh, uh, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice is a lot more of a, of a social commentary than this film is. Mm-hmm. Little Women, or sorry, this book is. Little Women is more just like an American story, you know, whereas Pride and Prejudice is like, look at how stupid the British, like, marriage system is and who, all of the ownership of land and everything. Yeah. But it is very much a, you need to marry a rich man which rich man are you going to marry? Will it be Timothy Chalmay or will it be this other guy, you know? Um, and it's the same thing in Pride and Prejudice. Will you marry Mr. Darcy or Mr. Bingley, you know? Uh-huh. Like, it's it's the same sort of concept, and there's obviously, like, four... I think in Pride and Prejudice there's five daughters, but there's multiple daughters, and one of them is very quiet, one of them's very rambunctious. I think I had seen a Pride and Prejudice play, actually. Yeah, you saw my Pride and Prejudice play, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, Mr. Bennett is very similar to Mr. Laurie in this film. Um, Chris Cooper, of course. Uh, Florence Pugh is literally just Lydia. Like, guaranteed, uh-huh. that character is Lydia from Pride and Prejudice. I'll stop talking about this this thing that neither of you have any basis for. No, I've read Pride and Prejudice. But, oh, that's right, you have. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about then, right? Yeah. Lydia literally is just yeah. Amy. Yeah. Like, rambunctious and like, huh, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah. Marries a guy very quickly. <laughs> yeah, marries a... She's the first to marry, that's right. And she literally marries just to show her sisters that she's better than them. Uh-huh. Just like Amy's like, I'm not gonna marry you timothy chalmay because uh you're just i'm your second choice after saoirse ronan so yeah and then she very does. similar <laughs> stories but uh you know it's it's uh, that's just how it is you know mm-hmm. um so Ari, do you want to walk us through a bit of the plot i mean it kind of meanders but like it goes back and yeah, forth it, it's like, hard yeah it is really hard because it, it goes back and forth through time but it starts with these uh these women who are uh, live, okay. I I understand what when we read the uh, ballot thing last time. I'm referencing again. It is hard to believe how poor they are when they mention it. When they do have a servant and live in a big yeah. house, it's relatively Granted, poor. It's, yeah, but I mean, we see actual poor people yes. who are <laughs> yeah. poor. We're actually poor. Yes. Yes, but they make friends with the rich people around, and they each kind of go off on their own adventure. They all have their own. Uh, you know, characterization stuff and married to the different people. I, it's hard to go into the specifics of the plot, but the main thing that happens is uh, one of them dies. Yep. From Scarlet Fever, I believe. Johansson, yes. <laughs> I had Scarlet Fever during Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, and all, all the stories in connect and I, in, in, interconnect, and I just... Uh, I, 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 it's hard for me to go into the plot, but... I think that I think that's all that we need to say about it in terms of how specific mm-hmm. we want to go into it. Also, mm-hmm. who's gonna marry Timothy? Is yeah, also that's a big thing. Um, yeah. Also, did you mention Saoirse Ronan is trying to get her book published? Yeah, oh, no, that's also a large I part. I swear of to it. God, that man was Horace Greeley. Like, I don't know if you've seen a picture <laughs> of Horace Greeley. It's the sideburns and the bald hair and the thin glasses. Nice. Very similar. Even though Horace Greeley was much later than the Civil War. 
Oh, he was after? I thought he was before. Wasn't he? Maybe not. No, I'm thinking of William Lloyd Garrison. Never mind. Yeah, okay. you're right. Horace okay. Greeley was after, yeah, I think. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Actually? Yeah. You talk about that. I'll figure <laughs> out. He's doing research. <laughs> Live fact-checking. You're not going to see this in any other podcast. Yeah. So mm, Horace Greeley was during and after the Civil War. Yeah. Nice. Nice. He cool. was he was one of those radic he was one of those radicals that wanted to get rid of Andrew Johnson that fucker. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Nick's unsolicited political commentary. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. One of my so in terms when it comes to movies, one of the things that makes me the most angry is when characters are dumb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because when characters just. We, we can look at the character like, why are you doing this? Like, you gave us a reason, but any rational person wouldn't do it. And I would, every single character in this film, at least I saw, was a rational person. They're yeah. all victims of circumstance, not victims of, like, self-imposed stupidity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made it so easy to relate to all of them and, like, feel for all of them. That's why this movie was extremely emotional for me. Like, there were many times when it hit me in the feels. Mm. Like, when the piano mo- music was over the grave, the girl who played piano, I was like, ugh. Mm. Oh, and, like, the back and forth when she was sick the first time and everything was happy and then she comes downstairs and she, the mom's crying. Oh, God, that yeah. was... I, it's It's been... I think it's... In terms of, like, a lot of movies I've seen recently, that was the one that had the most uh, emotional uh, effect on me. Can I safely assume that you two did not do the BuzzFeed quiz that I sent you? I forgot! <laughs> I forgot, too. You had to remind me. All right. It's fine. Uh, in case anyone wanted to know. Well, now I it's homework it. for next time, guys. Yeah. All you guys yeah. must take the BuzzFeed which one of the little women are you my, quiz. My roommate jokingly said, take this quiz once you're done. You'll you'll finally get it. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Um, I got Beth, though, which I was very happy about because even though she died, she was the one that I thought was the coolest because it's like, look at her. She just wants to do her own thing. She just wants to play piano. Uh-huh. Uh, I always side with the the underdog, the the one sister no one cares about in this film. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, thought... I will say, yeah, yeah, you will say I, yeah. I was I was just gonna say that <laughs> I don't know if that's part of the novel or not because I've never read it, but it felt like it. I could tell from the beginning that one of the sisters, the fact that she was so unimportant, like I didn't know. I wouldn't say I knew one of them was gonna die, but I was like, okay, why are the three? The fact that there's three big name actresses and then just some girl yeah. to play Beth, I was like, okay, she's what's what's wrong with her character, you know? I, I actually, yeah, I was uh, that was uh, what I was about to say is I kind of did predict that she was gonna die pretty early on. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was. A little I was more just obvious. trying to get a grasp a little bit on, you know, yeah, this like just trying to put together the story. I I wasn't really thinking ahead too much on that one, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but in the same way, at least maybe I was dumb, but I didn't realize we saw the dad later. Mm-hmm. But I assumed the dad was going to die, because I don't remember seeing him until, like, very much later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, slipping back and forth between time. That, that's true, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I was also, like, unsure if the dad was actually going to be in it at all. Yeah. So I feel like while they played with you there, they also tried to divert expectations also with a different character. Mm-hmm. There, there's also, I think, the, the way that um, the jumping back and forth is done is, like done really really well like when you have so well when you have a film that's out of order like that that's how you do it because there's a distinct visual style for when each thing happens when they mm-hmm. go back it's bright and colorful 
and then in the present it's a bit darker and you you never know or you're never confused when something is taking place yeah like it's like okay here we are here we are here we are you know and i i assume that the novel is not told in that way maybe it is i have no idea but like that was handled very very well and like the cuts between felt so intentional like Mm -hmm. they they complemented the tone of each other like mm-hmm. each each story that went back and forth between, like yeah. when you're talking when we're talking about uh, the feud between two sisters in uh, present day, mm-hmm. like it put, goes back and it puts some like deep basis for it, yeah. You know, yeah. and it doesn't like and it does so well with like balancing the stories as well. I mean, because of course, going back and forth, you don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. And also, I liked the ending. I liked who ended up with who, and I thought it was I. And the themes were so good. I feel like no one... Ah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, well, so about the ending, I actually wrote some stuff down. And, like, I feel like I'd have to see this movie again. But I felt like the whole um, Lori and Amy relationship, I didn't get that one as much. I don't really... Mm. I didn't really see her as... She's like, oh, like, I've always loved you. I didn't really see that in the flashbacks Mm. that much. And I also felt like he fell in love with her very quickly because... He has always loved uh, Joe and will always love Joe, but it's a different type. But I just, I feel like, I don't know if I buy that. It's like it's very quick to fall in love, and I'm not sure if he's she's always loved him. So if that was all these girls, well, minus one, end up with someone, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I feel I feel very happy with Lori not being with Joe. Right. right? Yeah. Less, I feel less happy about Joe being with Amy than Lori. You know, I feel happier with Lori not being with Joe than the fact that she that he was with Amy. No, yeah, I don't, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think that like the way Joe turned out was really good. I I, mm-hmm. I I was just unsure if the whole Amy thing. I bought that, but um, I like the Joe thing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, oh, you were you gonna say something, Nick? Mm-mm, I was gonna add mm-hmm. on to the ending. I figured out what the actual ending of the film of the book is because. A lot of people are complaining that the ending of the film is different than the book. It's not, technically. Um, so, I the whole thing about her trying to get this book submitted is not part of the book. That's that, okay. the framing I, I, for the movie. I wrote this down. I was like, that feels like it's not part of the book. That feels like that's Greta Gerwig talking. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't think it's bad. I think it's an interesting way to frame it, but it's probably the weaker element of the film but that ending where he's like what do you mean they don't get married like you gotta have the the people get together so i was wondering if that implies that in the real world they didn't get married so the ending of the film just doesn't exist (laughs) but in in the actual book when the professor proposes to her she just says yes and they get married Mm-hmm. And and Aunt March dies and leaves them the thing, and they turn it into a school. So, the ending of the movie technically is, this is how, how the I book interpreted ends. It. Yeah. So I think that I interpreted that she, in her story, didn't put her, uh, didn't put uh, herself wed mm-hmm. because he told her that they should be. Yeah. However, it did occur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought I imagined that she did fall in love with this guy and end up uh, being a part of with this French guy. Mm-hmm. However, 
as a like as almost like a as they're trying to stick it to the publisher saying oh like oh i'm not like they didn't make the main character married at the end yeah because she was she, she wasn't angry about it yeah at the end like yeah. of course that could be influenced about like how they were bargaining but yeah i felt like she was almost like content like she was happy that she was uh her main character was wet at the end or in the real world if she wasn't and her main character who was hypothetically like rep- representing her was forced to be i feel like that'd be a more sour moment for her maybe she knew that like even though up until that point she didn't really show any signs of liking um wanting to get married she was very adamant that she wouldn't and she reflected that in in her book by saying like oh characters they have to be consistent you know but in the real world, like, oh, she did end up marrying him. So it's like, uh, okay, I guess I'll put it in. I, just... I think, like, her as the author, she doesn't think that getting married is, the like, the resolution or the success for that character. Yeah. Right? It's just, like, she finds her success in, I mean, wait, this is, like, getting way too meta, but she publishes a <laughs> book inside the bu- book that she publishes. I don't know. That's where the, <laughs> uh, either way, that's where the success for Jill lies. The success is not her getting married. It's her being yeah. able to publish this book. I'm not gonna lie, that part yeah, where, like, deep. the book is getting published and, like, you're you're watching the pages bound together and, like, printed, Yeah, that was fascinating. I was like, I was, was like is this great. actually yeah. how they had, to, like, this much work for one book? Yeah, like, I, like, yeah, <laughs> I want to print crazy. a book now. This is, a, like, how it's made that I wanted to see, and I'm yeah. glad I'm seeing it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, you, I'm surprised books didn't cost, like, hundreds of dollars back then, because that looks like so yeah. much work. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes sense why only the rich had him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Um, yeah, I think I think the acting in this movie is great. I did write mm-hmm. down that I think Florence Pugh plays a thirteen-year-old very well, but I don't yeah. think she looks like one at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. She does act it's like 13 a years little old. girl. Because really? it says in the future she's twenty, and then it goes seven years back as the flashback. Okay. Which one is this? Which sister? Oh, uh, Amy. Okay. I I didn't pick up on that at I'm all. I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be I 13, at least in some was, of the flashbacks. That explains my thinking that she acts exactly like Lydia, because Lydia is 15, I believe. Um, right. She is very, like, abrasive and, like, quick to anger. That's a very 13-year-old thing to do, is to burn your sister's novel because you didn't get to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. That also explains why she didn't get to go. I was like, why are you leaving her? She's an adult. Why can't she come with you? <laughs> but if she's supposed to be 13, I guess that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, the, the children acting felt very genuine from all of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, usually when I talk about a good performance, I'm talking about, you know, when you're the main person on a stage, or you're, like, talking. to mm-hmm. Like, when I'm, I see you, you're the focus of the scene or the camera. Uh-huh. That's what yeah. I usually think of as, like, a good performance. But, like, they're all together all the time, and there's so much, like, background talking mm-hmm. and, like, feuding that's going on. It just felt so genuine. It's natural, Like, yeah. got me to like... Yeah, yeah. It felt so natural, and it got me to, like, really like the characters. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I like one of my favorite scenes was the attic scene when they have their club yes. of, like, being a bunch of yeah. men. I thought that was so funny. Like, I really liked that scene a lot. The, uh... I think Florence Pugh is great in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's probably my favorite performance in the film. Wait, which one is this? Is this one still Amy, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Florence Pugh is my favorite performance. It's not as good as her performance in Midsommar, necessarily, but, like, I'm beginning to understand why people obsess over this actress. She is very, very good. 
I will say, having seen Marriage Story, why wasn't Laura Dern nominated for this film? Because this is the film where she is more, like, she has a purpose, and she's also got emotional moments and stuff, whereas Marriage Story is just her, you know, doing her thing in Marriage (laughs) Story, yeah, without spoiling Marriage Story. Yeah, the mother in this, I think this should have been the thing she was nominated for (laughs) and won. So. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen too many movies with her in it, but uh, I know I oh, saw Star Wars. Yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> that's where that's where I know her face from. <laughs> okay, Ari, have you seen Jurassic Park? The original? Yeah, yeah the original. Yeah, she's in that. She's Doctor Sattler. She's the female uh, scientist. Oh well, it's been a long time, and I don't remember the faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she's in a lot of David Lynch films. Like she's mm-hmm. in Blue Velvet. Wild she's at in Heart. Wild at Heart. Um, movies that I've not. Wild seen at Heart. Before. She's great. With Nick Cage, that yeah. fantastic. Well, she felt far more in her element here <laughs> than in Star I really Wars. Liked yes. Her. Yes. Yeah, it, it it makes me like the Last Jedi less, that <laughs> knowing that she's a good actress. I like. Yeah, like I like knowing, the... knowing how poorly cast this an amazing actress to his. Uh-huh. That's that an, amazing. That a little women film she by Greta really Gerwig has made you dislike Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> like that's more. great. Everything goes back to Last That's Jedi. That's how little there is going for Last Jedi. It's uh-huh. like every, I feel like every movie Ari sees, he's like, well, like this is so much better than Last Jedi. <laughs> I, I, I need to watch that movie again. Oh, you do really you? do. There has, there, has, there has to be things that are good about it, because everyone, I feel like no one like, dislikes this movie as much as I dislike this movie. Yeah. No, I, I don't like it either. Wes, <laughs> but, Wes yes. what did you think about the music? Of Little Women. I did Alexandre like it. Well, okay, okay. Well, here's I did the like thing. It too. Here's the I thing. Here's the thing. I wasn't actually a huge fan of the Deplat tracks. The mm-hmm. I'm not. I wasn't a huge fan of the music that was written for I don't the movie. Know that word. He's he is the composer. That's his name. Alexander. Okay. Is he the Godzilla Deplat. guy? I thought you were just throwing out a really fancy technical <laughs> no, no. term. What did you say, Nick? Is he the Godzilla guy? Yes, the first Godzilla, the better soundtrack, yeah. not the Bear McCreary dun, dun. one. Yes, yeah. not the one we. Bumped in the car. Yes, the one we bumped in the car. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, Full yeah, blast. no, he's he's a, he's a great he's a great composer. But I, I, I thought his music in this was just eh. I did really mm. like all the like actual classical music though that they used in this. There was a lot of Bach. Yeah. There was a lot of Haydn. That that stuff was great. Like when when they're all, all the oh, dances, all, uh, all the Wesley Davies. <laughs> <laughs> all the music at the dances are is really good. I really yeah. like that a lot. Would you say it deserved uh, costumes? Because you had not seen it yet when deserved you costumes? predicted. Well, it had costumes, and they were good. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think it would. I, honestly, this probably would have been better for production design than Irishman. Because, like, this has all the sets, yeah. like, the houses. Yeah. Like, this, there's a lot of big, it's like the favorite, where it's just, like, here are big rooms full of lots of people in fancy dress. Yep. I think that what you're talking about with Amy and Lori was set up more. However, it's too far separated from everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's, you know, you got to hold on because that's early in the movie and then they get into Lori and Joe. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the... I, I was trying to think back and I did realize that, like, yes, there, there are times, like, when... Remember when they do the dancing and the ball behind everyone? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, um... When Amy, like, gets kicked out of school and, like, goes to his house and stuff, like, that also yeah. kind of sets that up. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's there. I feel like it just wasn't conveyed super well. I think yeah, that was yeah. my biggest problem. Like, that was one of the weaker elements. That's fair. And uh-huh. yeah. going with more things that, like, I didn't 
really like is that I felt like there wasn't really much of a climax to the story. Mm-hmm. It didn't really feel like there was like like conflict and revolution, uh, conflict and resolution, which like I uh-huh. guess it doesn't need, but like I just felt like it wasn't like building towards this th- big thing. Which compared to Pride and Prejudice, ending on the proposal of uh, of Mr. Darcy, mm-hmm. whereas ending on I guess she runs to a train station, like, but it's intercut with the with the publisher yeah. it's like what what's happening uh-huh. you know yeah um and the moment where like the publisher is reading it and his kids come in and are like where's the last where's chapter the i'm like i'm like wait a second what did this <laughs> film take place in like this little kid's head like what, it, what? <laughs> yes that's that's a frame too far there's too many frame and frame storytellings uh-huh. um, should have just been the the publisher if they're gonna do that thing mm-hmm. but yeah i I liked most of this film overall. Yeah. Like usually, I would be more concerned about the lack of a typical resolution and climax. I don't know why I wasn't mm-hmm. offended as much by this, uh, by lack mm-hmm. of it, because like so, a yeah. lot of times, no matter like if there's a good story, but that is not present, uh-huh. like I, I I I will make sure to point that out. Maybe it might might be the mood, might be just what I was expecting, given the uh, back and forth nature of it. it. Might probably put me in the mindset as just their goal is to do this well. Mm-hmm. The climax for me was when uh, she find out her, the daughter died, but that was moderately far from the end of the film. Right, right. Something funny? Would you like to hear Armand White's review of Little Women? I would love to, Nick. Yes. I'll just read the headline and the sub-headline. Greta Gerwig's Little Women romanticizes white privilege, a feminist diatribe that Michelle Obama would love. What does wait. that mean? <laughs> wait. Huh? Yep, this is Armand White's review. So, white there's privilege. a lot to unpack there. Michelle that, Obama likes white privilege. I mean, um, she probably did like the film. It's a good movie. Yeah, like, but I thought also he disliked films that were against white privilege. So he needs to... Because I, I thought he doesn't like political messages. But, but he's also... He is an African-American man. Yeah, but he also didn't like Parasite because he thought that it was like communist trash so i don't know what this man wants dude where does this guy come from what are we talking about him all the time he's he's just a legend yeah uh, is he a director you know he's nah, just a he critic is, he writes for the uh, hollywood reviews for the national review oh national yeah. review yeah okay yeah. because like we brought him up a few times and like i never knew the context i thought this man could either be someone we knew from high school or a, like a big time director. <laughs> no, he's nah. a film critic. He he's a fascinating film critic. And that's all I did. Yeah. So I, yeah. I will say, um, after seeing the favorite, it is very hard for me to find dance scenes as funny as that. So like I can yeah. try even with even with Jojo Rabbit too, like the dance at the end and with mm-hmm. Little Women, they tried to have funny dance scenes in these movies, yeah. but like nothing will ever beat the dance scene from <laughs> the favorite. I think I think the the Jojo Rabbit dance is more like endearing. Like that's an emotion to me. Whereas true, true, you're yeah. right. The dance scene from the favorite is incredible. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's oh. But there is will ever. there is like one thing that reminded me of the favorite in this, and, mm-hmm. and that's like, I feel like there's just like one fourth wall break in here where, like, I don't know if this was just me, but doesn't it look like Timothy? Um, I'm sorry, Lori and Joe are playing like ninja at some point. Did anyone yeah. else catch this? Yes. Yes, they were. Ninja. 
Did that exist back then? Like <laughs> I assumed it did. That's why. Okay, I, okay, I, like, I recognize that as the game Ninja. I assume that's just a older game than I thought it was. I was like, was. I feel like this game didn't exist back then because Ninjas, but... <laughs> well, I'm sure it was called something else. Yeah, it probably was, but I don't know. I thought, I thought that was funny, even though maybe it wasn't supposed to be. But <laughs> I just... I was like... No, back then it was called Fortnite Game. Of course. <laughs> uh, maybe just... Isn't it called, like, Shadow something? Raid Shadow Legends? Yes. <laughs> we are here in this episode. Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah, I, I had meant to look that up. <laughs> Come in mid-fucking movie. <laughs> uh-huh. This movie was <laughs> Timothy brought to Shadow you by. is just like, hey, have you heard of Raid Shadow Legends? Have you heard of Squarespace? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was. I had intended to look that up. I I forgot to. Maybe maybe it's in a in an in a, in a anachronism. <laughs> I just I don't know what that was. I had a stroke while saying that word. Yep. Um, yeah, but good movie. We liked it. Yep. Yeah, I'd say so. Definitely. Ari, Jojo Rabbit, or Little Women. I think Little Women beats it out barely. All right, all right, all but right. But I, I like both these movies a lot. Uh-huh. What about you, Wes? Uh, I gotta give it to JoJo. I uh, I was more entertained, even though like I think Little Women is like very good, and uh-huh. there's like n- there's not really any like really bad qualities about it. I'd say it's a solid. Yeah, bit. I think I think I I definitely agree with you. Uh, I I did a little rearranging of my list of favorites of the year. I'm confident in saying I liked Little Women more than Joker, I think. Just I did, for sure. This feels more competently directed, and it mm-hmm. feels like it had a point, and it wasn't just like, look at us, we're edgy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, how can you not like a Meryl Streep film? I mean... What else did this director... Um... Lady Bird. Lady Bird. I, don't, I think that's her only other movie. Well, she's done writing. I've never seen her. Yeah. She's done, like, comedy writing. That's her background, I think. Yeah, I want to say that Lady Bird was directorial debut. I think it was, um, probably. So, yeah, there you go. She's young. Um, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Good job, Greta. Greta's her name, right? Yes, Greta Thunberg, yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> keep, keep it up. Greta Garbo, yeah. Um, so, that's it. That's yep. what we have. We don't have any questions for this time. No questions. Which is fine. Time. Okay. I, I, I do want to point out... I apologize. The last episode, very, very long. It would have been longer, but Paul's audio cut out. So all of the questions that we answered with Paul, he started recording again right after we finished them. (laughs) So I included his audio for the outro, but none of the questions were saved. So maybe we'll come back to those particular questions at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. I figured we should finish out the season strong and not just dwindle on questions we've already answered um uh next episode oh yeah this is the season finale woohoo, woo-hoo. yeah so i'm going is to make one? my yes yes this is the season finale so this is episode 15 this is the season finale um i'm going to make my recommendation i'm going to make my re- i'm going to make my recommendation in this episode but you will not hear the episode about that recommendation until two weeks from today friday being today when this goes up um, next week's episode is going to be special. It's going to sit outside of the realm of the season. We are going to be doing the 2019 Ponies Awards, where we will be giving awards to films. I have so many movies I have to watch still. I'm sure Wes <laughs> does too. Yeah. Ari, I'm going to ask you 
if you can, please try to watch the other Best Picture nominees just so that we can nominate stuff for those. Oh, um, damn. If Wes wants to recommend any particular movies to you, he can. I'm not going to force you to watch anything because a lot of it is either weird foreign stuff or garbage. The Lost of Pasture. I will ask, please don't ask, please don't watch Cats. It's not worth it. It's not, it, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, I wasn't gonna. Me neither. All right, so uh, that will be our next episode. But for now, let's just finish this one so out. So you're making your recommendation now? I'm making the recommendation now. For two weeks. You have two weeks future. to watch okay. it. Um, except oh, time. man, I think he's going to recommend like some really, really long movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm actually recommending, I think, the shortest one I've recommended other than uh, Harold and Maude. Um, but, Wes, you might want to jump right into it. You might be so excited that you want to see it immediately. Um, that way we can give it at ponies. This, this uh, season, I've been very uh, all over the place with my recommendations, just movies I like. I picked Harold and Maude because it was something I had seen recently. It was relevant to college. We had just gotten started. Um, I picked uh, Rare Window because I love that film. Mulholland Drive because I love that film. Like, I didn't really have any intentions overall. Inside Lewin Davis, I don't know what I was thinking there. <laughs> Metropolis, I just wanted you to see. I do have a theme overall for my next season. Um, I'm trying to focus on films that like maybe you wouldn't watch otherwise that i think are important pieces of filmmaking um okay. that's going to be the theme i try to stick with okay great so i'm going two. to be <laughs> i'm going King. to be recommending a film that <laughs> yeah. is not my favorite by this director it's one that i've only seen once but i'd like to watch it again because it may or may not be very good i'm going to recommend <laughs> for the first movie of season two uh, Rashomon by Akira Kurosawa. Nice. So this is a film that uh, some consider to be his masterpiece. I'd say it's in the top five. What's it called? Maybe I'll reevaluate <laughs> that. And I don't need to hear that again. What's it called? Rashomon. It's called Rashomon. R a s h o m o n, starring uh, uh, my favorite that actor, lad. whose name that I cannot remember, Tosh- Toshiro Mifune. Um, very good movie. I won't say anything else about it. You is have it two language. It's it Japanese. Is. It's a Japanese film. Okay. Uh, this will be. We're starting Ooh. off the next season with with the good ratings. All right. Lot we a lot of uh, East Asian films on the podcast. We've been doing like Korean and Japanese and German. Ah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, my favorite yes, Easter. Yes, that famous <laughs> yeah. East Asian country. Yeah. Well, it's a silent film. Silent, like the language of Buddhist monks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, let's, um, just, let's close it out. Yeah, let's close it out. I guess I lead the outro. I guess you do. Yeah, yes. is that how that works? God, I get to keep talking. That's great. I'd love to see like a, a breakdown of of talking for these. That'd be a real a, a ziffy. That would definitely there. be something that you would make. <laughs> That is something I would make. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of many more. That's <laughs> almost the pinnacle of yeah. something Nick would do yeah. in his free time. Yeah, maybe I'll post a link to that spreadsheet I have where I've very, very thoroughly examined all of the data for all the films we've recommended. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the outro. Go to Wikipedia. He has a fruit section. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It it's is true. true. There's, yeah. 
Uh, that's all we have time for today on Postpone. If you liked this uh, podcast, go ahead and leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go to our subreddit, leave your commentary there, leave questions there, and we'll try to answer them in the next episode. Um, subscribe to the podcast on on any platform that you wish to subscribe to it on. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel Pwn. It's on YouTube. It's it's it exists. Uh, the the subreddit. Go follow that. Go follow Jong Boon Ho on, on, <laughs> on Ho. Um, and yeah, make sure you watch Rashomon. Make sure you watch uh, movies. Good for movies from this last year. <laughs> and make sure that you listen to the podcast. Uh, that's all for today. Bye.